We've been talking at you a lot, so my apologies for that. Um, but we want to just spend a few minutes with you kind of helping get grounded in the study. Where are we going? Why did we even, why did I feel like the Lord asked me to write this study in the first place? Um, and so I just want to help us kind of get our bearing a little bit before we send you off into your small group. Uh, so when I started praying about what to write, the Lord kind of started giving me some ideas, or I started sketching out some ideas. This is, um, Bible study is obviously one of those ideas that I sketched out. And what was so compelling to me about this is just kind of the personal attachment I felt to it. And the reason I felt personally attached to it is because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And so when I became a believer, when I was 13 years old, I just didn't have context for scripture. I didn't, I didn't know how to even read scripture. In fact, the first time I sat down to read scripture was a borrowed Bible, and I started it just like any other book on page one. And I started reading. Well, Genesis is actually a really engaging book of the Bible. It's an incredible story. And so I got through that, and then I moved into Exodus, which is also really interesting. All of these crazy things are happening. And then Leviticus happens, and it's a little confusing if you've ever gotten to Leviticus in your Bible. All of a sudden, all these laws and rules, and you're going, like, I don't even know what to do with that. And animal sac... Uh, Anyway, so I just, I didn't know how to, to read the Bible anymore, and so I closed it, gave it back to my friend, said thank you, didn't doubt my faith. But I just didn't know who this God was that I had chosen to believe in. And so it wasn't for years and years and years and years later that I actually started to be able to put together the whole of Scripture and to start to understand, well, what is the importance of Leviticus? Because it's actually really, really important. Because it is a piece of this story of Scripture. And so my goal for us because I think this is what happens to us, is that we start to read God's word and we can get sucked in to the details and miss the big picture. And the details can sometimes get overwhelming or perhaps even confusing. So my goal in this is that we actually take a step back and we start to look at the whole of scripture and we start to see the thread that goes through scripture And we start to understand the meta-narrative, which is just a really big fancy word for the big grand narrative of the story. Because there is a grand narrative of this story. And you probably all know kind of instinctually what it is. If we're going to give a one-word Sunday school answer, you would say... That's right. (laughs) Jesus really is the grand narrative of this story. And so... One of our objectives, and one of the things we're going to do is we are going to see where Jesus shows up right at the beginning, all through scripture, and also at the end. But what I want to propose to you is that it's not just Jesus being the grand narrative of scripture, it's Jesus' pursuit of us that's actually the grand narrative of scripture. It's his loving pursuit of us from the very beginning We see it in creation, how we are made in God's image. And we see it all the way through, all the way. 
In fact, Jesus says this to us. I want to share this uh, story with you in Luke 24. And let me set it up for you. So Jesus has just been resurrected. So he, his followers have seen him die on the cross. They are confused. <laughs> They're wondering what just happened. And now Jesus is resurrected. And some of his believers are standing around talking about this. And he goes up to them and talks to them. Now, they don't recognize him. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if he looked different when he was resurrected or if he just kind of made them not be able to actually see who he was in that moment. But for whatever reason, they don't actually recognize that it's Jesus. And so he comes up to them and he says, so what are you guys talking about? And they start to tell him all of the things that happened and that then he died. And now we're hearing stories that he's resurrected. And then they say this in Luke 24, 21 the hope of their heart. They say, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And I think they're heartbroken in this moment. And then I love what Jesus does because he walks with them. And Luke 24, 27 says, and beginning with Moses, which is the beginning part of scripture, and all of the prophets, which is all of the middle, He explained to them what was said in all of Scripture concerning himself. In all of Scripture concerning himself. Every bit from the beginning to the end is about him. It's about his loving pursuit of us. That's the grand narrative. That's what we're going to see when we step back a little bit. We'll start to see how he has been pursuing us every step of the way. And I would propose to you that it is not just the grand narrative of scripture, but it is the grand narrative of our lives too. That he has been pursuing you since you were knit together in your mother's womb. And he has been pursuing you every day, every step of the way. As I reflected back on this in my own life, I started to think about, um, you know, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, as I told you a few minutes ago. I didn't become a believer until I was 13, but I have this memory of a nanny who used to read her Bible in front of me. I was maybe five years old. Now, she was a little weird and a little bit legalistic, but I saw her read this book as if it was something special and talk about her God in such a personal way. And then I have this memory of me, nine, ten years old, laying in bed, praying to God. Now, why would I pray to God? I've been to church probably as many times as I can count on one hand, all Christmas and Easter, random occasions. I have no context for him, and yet something's happened in my life, And I turn to him because I know, deep in my soul, I know there is a God. There's something bigger. It's like he just keeps pursuing just a little bit, just a little bit. And then when I became a believer, I think about that and and the fact that I became a believer at a summer camp. Um, But in order to get to that summer camp, I actually had to get kicked out of the previous summer camp which can I just tell you is heartbreaking for a 12-year-old girl who loves people and loves camping to be told you cannot come back to our camp. (laughs) 
I mean, I might have been a little bit of a rebel, but come on. I was 12. Like, how, how soul-crushing can you be to someone? And so 12 years old, I get kicked out of the summer camp. I'm devastated. And then my mom is, like, trying to find me another camp, and she happens to be driving down the road with this random news show, and she hears an interview with a camp director at this other camp, comes home and says, I think I found the camp for you. And then I wind up at this camp, sitting at a campfire where I hear the gospel for the first time. See, God was pursuing me. He wanted me. He wanted my heart. And it wasn't just that moment. It wasn't just to save me and say, all right, we can check that box and move on. No, he's been pursuing me every day since then. Sometimes he's just waiting for me to stop wandering and sit down and look at him. Sometimes he pursues me through these amazing moments. Sometimes he pursues me when I am on my face in the valley. He is going after us every step of the way, whether it's an open door or a closed door or a conversation with a friend or just driving down the road. He is pursuing us. And not just me, right? You know this is true of your life. If we pause long enough to just stop, and settle, we will see he is going after each of us. And so that's my heart. That's my hope for this study, is that we see that our Jesus not only pursued the first people in humanity, but he (laughs) pursues us too. And so that's where we are going this year. Now, there's a couple of things that I want to point out to you in our study guide. So if you've got one, which you should, turn with me to pages eight and nine. I want to show you this pursuit timeline. So the grand narrative of scripture is that Jesus is pursuing us, and it happens through all of these different scenes. You can almost think of it like like a, a huge play, right? Like the lights come up and we see a different scene and then the lights go down and each step, each scene furthers the plot. And so this is our map of where we are going. Creation and fall, election, exodus, exile, all the way through. So one of the things that we're gonna do this year is each week we will come back to pages eight and nine. Right after our teaching time, we'll take a moment, like a minute in here, in silence together, where we will have a moment to think through, what does God want me to remember about creation? What is he teaching me? Is there something he wants me to do differently? Is there something that he just wanted me to notice more? And so we'll take that time because then not only will we have a snapshot in this timeline, but we'll also have a snapshot of where we've been and what God has taught us. I also really want to encourage you because I know that a lot of the scriptures that we're going to be reading, depending on where you are in your journey with Jesus, may be really familiar to you. Even if you are a new believer chances are you know the creation story. And so I want to encourage you, no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, no matter how long you've been on this journey with Jesus, I really want to challenge you and encourage you to sit down, open this study, and especially open God's word with fresh 
anticipation. Asking him, would you reveal your heart to me? Asking the Holy Spirit to show up. You know, the word of God is living and active. That's what scripture tells us. It is living and active. And that means every time we interact with it, God can teach us something new. He can reveal something to us, remind something to us. The Holy Spirit living in us wants to teach us. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you, even though some of these stories are stories that you've read multiple times, perhaps more times than you can count. God wants to show you something new because that's what he does with his word. So that's my encouragement to you. And the other encouragement I have for you is to make this study a priority. See, we come in here, it's January. It's a great time to start new things, but we all know what happens. <laughs> we all know that our best intentions are only intentions, right? Like it's just all kinds of things are going to happen that are going to distract and derail us from doing this, from spending time with Jesus. And actually, I would propose to you that the enemy wants nothing more than to distract and derail you from spending time with Jesus. Make this a priority. I don't know if you need to block out time in your calendar, make it as an appointment for yourself. But I just want to challenge and encourage you. Can you make this a priority? And here's why. Because we do get to sit down with the living and active word. We do get to interact with our living God. And he wants to change us. He wants to transform us from the inside out. To change our heart. And we know this. And if you don't know it personally, ask some women around the table. How has God changed you? I am not the same person I was when I was 13 years old and he grabbed my heart for the first time. And the reason I'm not the same person is because he has been pursuing me and I have been letting him pursue me. And so I want to challenge and encourage you guys to do the same thing. So make the study a priority. God wants to do something in our lives. There's a few things that I want to point out to you about your study guide. So you're looking at eight and nine. Just turn the page to page 11. Each of our lessons starts with this spiritual practice time, which is basically just some sort of activity or um, just something kind of experiential to start your study time. And um, these all center around our five rhythms of a missionary disciple. And it, these are kind of rhythms that we've adopted here at IBC, and they're on page six if you'd like to look at those. So our five rhythms are scripture, prayer, mission, church, and worship. And so each of these kind of spiritual practices that we have set up to start your week centers on one of these five rhythms of a missionary disciple. Um, so I just want to help you notice that that's going to happen. So that's something you need to plan ahead for a little bit to start your week early. Perhaps you want to even read it um, I guess your week starts on Wednesday morning, right? So you would read it Wednesday morning and make a plan for how you're going to do that. So um, the next thing I want you to notice is the daily homework. So if you see back on page 11, there is a day marker that says day one. And if you flip to page 13, you'll see the next day marker, which is day two. So we've paced the study for you. If you want to do it over five days, this is kind of just a good pacing for you. There's nothing 
rigid. I mean, if you want to do a couple more questions or a couple less questions on a certain day, you can. This is just a way to pace yourself. Um, and so I just want you to notice that as well. And then the last thing I want you to notice is what I want uh, to call thinking questions. Not really sure exactly what, what to call them. Maybe you can come up with a better name for me. But look at page 15, question 8. Now, basically in this question, you're looking at creation account and listing all the specific actions God told mankind to do. Then you list a few examples of what that might have looked like. And then I ask this, how do you think these tasks reflect us being made in God's image? There's no right or wrong answer. This is, what do you think? How do you think these things reflect us being made in God's image? And so I want to encourage you, because I know sometimes we get a little nervous when it's like, well, I don't know, I didn't see that verse in there, where is that? <laughs> so I just want to encourage you and challenge you, what do you think? Just think about it. See what you come up with. Discuss that with your women in your group, if that's a question you guys discuss, discuss together. So um, I think the other thing I want to point out to you is that we are studying, because we're doing an overview of Scripture, we are actually studying lots of different kinds of literature in Scripture. So the, the whole of Bi the Bible is 66 books written by different authors in different genres of literature. We've got some wisdom literature. We've got history, historical. We've got prophetic. Um, and so I just want to draw your attention also to this handout, How to Study the Bible. I think that's maybe in your table basket. Um, yes? Can someone give me an affirmative? Great. Um, so this is just to help you. You can tuck this in your study guide. If you are wondering what kind of scripture you're reading, we've got this kind of general overview down here at the bottom of the different kinds of scripture just to help you as you're moving through it. So um, this is a great tool to help you as you enter into your study. All right. So you guys are going to get ready to go into your small group time. And a um, couple of things that you're going to do there, just some business items, taking care of a few things. Um, but you're also going to have an opportunity to do a little bit of a get-to-know-you icebreaker where you get to talk about how you've seen God pursue you in your life. And so I'm excited for you guys to talk about that. I also want to remind you that next week when you come back to Bible study, you do not come here. You go directly to where your breakout room is. So wherever you end today is where you will come back and start your time next week. Now, before we break, I would just love to pray with you. Pray a prayer of blessing over us, a prayer of God's protection. I also, as I've been thinking about this study and just um, thinking about what it means for God to pursue us, and actually the day that we celebrated yesterday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I feel like they fit really well together because God has created every person on this planet in his image. And he pursues every single one of us. And we, as God's women, need to be his agents in helping that pursuit and helping make sure that we are loving others well. 
And so I just want to encourage us as sisters to be doing that, to be reminded of not only who God is and how he created me and you, but how he created people that don't look like us, don't talk like us, don't whatever, right? Made in the image of God. And we are better when we know more people who've been created in God's image that aren't exactly like us. So I just want to pray over us and, um, and ask the Lord's blessing. So let's pray. Gracious Jesus, thank you that you've pursued us. Lord, I pray that this semester would be a time where we would actually see your pursuit of us. Lord, would you teach us through your word? Lord, each of us desires to know you better. That is why we are here. So Lord, we ask now that you would teach us. Lord, that you would transform us, that you would help us take another step towards you. And Lord, as we, we celebrated Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Lord, a day where we recognize how far we've come and how far we have to go. Lord Jesus, I pray for your forgiveness and I ask for your boldness. Lord, would you help us be women that love well on your behalf? I think of all the people or all the ways that you've pursued me and often it's through your people. And so Lord, would you help us be women that pursue others for your glory to point them to you? Lord, may we be women that love well and it reflects upon you. So I pray, Lord, for protection over every woman in this room, Lord. I pray that you would, would watch over her, Lord, as she comes and goes from Bible study. Lord, I pray for your graciousness over our health in this room. Lord, I pray for energy and stamina to, to sit down week after week and spend time with you. And I pray for your protection over the time that we've set aside to do that, Lord. And then I ask, Lord, that you would give us the diligence to sit down and do it. Lord, we ask all of this for your glory. We ask that you would do these things so that you shine brighter through us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.